Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio, and it's Let's Talk Trains. We are back here at 24 hours at Saginaw 2019 here in Saginaw, Texas. The 24-hour rail watching event that we do every year. I'm your host, Skip Waters. I'm back again for another Let's Talk Trains episode. These are fleeting episodes, but we are trying to bring you a show today that you can enjoy. And if you somehow plug into our show today, you can call. The phone is 646-668-8094, and we'll we'll plug you right in to the Let's Talk Train Show. So we're going to try to bring you a variety of topics today, uh, mainly what's going on here at 24 Hours at Saginaw. Uh, but also we'll probably hear from a few people that want to talk about recent acquisitions, recent events, and Ogden chasing big boy, um, whatever you want to talk about. It's let's talk trains, we're going to talk trains. But back to the reason for the season, and that is 24 hours at Saginaw. This is our rail watching event hosted by the North Texas chapter of the National Railway Historical Society. Uh, we're here at the Chamber of Commerce here in lovely Saginaw, Texas, on a balmy day. What do you say, Bob? It's about 80 degrees, 90 degrees. Uh, no, it, it's warmer. Today. It's warmer today. We're we're in Texas. It gets hot in Texas. It's sun's out. 84 degrees. We're supposed to get to 90 or better here in Texas. I know it's cold in the northern part. Uh, all right, I'm here with Bob. I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, we're in the reception area of our event. It might be a little echoey. We may have a lot of bells ringing, traffic passing by. I'll probably interrupt things and talk to people as we go uh, for the show today. But it's all to bring you the fun festivities that are happening here at 24 Hours at Saginaw. And uh, again, uh, we're here. Bob, how many people have checked in so far with our event? Seventy-two official sign-ins have signed into 24 Hours Saginaw, which started yesterday, Friday evening at 7 p.m. People sign in. They make a little donation. They get the official 24 Hours of Saginaw button, which is a hot collector's item among attendees that come to this event. And then um, uh, these are people that sign in. We have a lot of guests that come every year. They just don't mess with the sign-in business. They come, they park their truck, their car, they pop their tent, they pop their tripod out on the grounds, and they just stay out on the ground. They don't, they don't come in much. And uh, Tom Marsh, our official train counter, just walked in the room. Tom, do we have a train count? We do have a train count. What's our train count? At 12 noon here at 24 hours of Saginaw. 40. 40, really? Yeah. That, is that the official count? All right, the official train counter, Tom March from the Gulf Coast chapter, National Railway Historical Society, has not missed a 24 hours of Saginaw since we started, and this is our 14th annual. I hear he's not going to quit till we hit 50. So I don't know. Well, will you be around in another 40, 35 years? Oh, uh, well, I am a Texan. So, um, but the official count is 40. Now, our worst year out here at 24 Saginaw, rail watching, we also count the trains. Our best year is 75. Our worst year was 42. Remember that dismal year? 
That was a bad year. We're at 40 at 12 noon. Two more. We've reached our worst. We got to. Because Amtrak's coming. Amtrak, they will hear Amtrak go by. That's right. Amtrak should go both ways. Right, right. Well, if it, hopefully it's early, early coming back, but I don't know if it's late leaving out. Right. So we're guaranteed 42 trains. That's our worst. We want to hit 75. I think last year was our second best at 67, 68. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we got a lot of traffic here today, even with uh, a lot of lines that are shut down along the UP up in Oklahoma and elsewhere due to all this torrentious rains, tornadoes, flooding. Uh, bless those people with the flood situation. Here we are. Um, uh, we still have a lot of trains rolling through Saginaw, so we're, we're really happy uh, about that. Let's say, Bob. Are, are we checking in? Are we having a good time? Bob, Bob, it's uh, it's Tickner, yeah. Bob Tickner from Denton, Texas, just rolled in to 24 Hours Saginaw. Uh, another regular, uh, and uh, he's signing in. He's getting his his badge and he's a official attendee. He's got his scanner on to listen to the train. So we're gonna hear from Tom Marsh a little later in the show. We're gonna hear what's going on down the. Texas Heritage Railroading Museum. Did I get that right? Close. Close. Oh, I got it. I have dyslexia. At Tomball. At Texas Railroading Heritage Museum. At Tomball, a Gulf Coast NRHS product that you're going to want to attend once they get it built out. But we're going to hear some latest news on what's going on in that development. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll be fine. After Amtrak, we'll hear from Tom. Matter of fact, we may not get many people calling in until Amtrak rolls by because that's what everybody's doing. Everybody's out listening to Amtrak. So, guys, um, this is a non-commercial show for 24 Hours at Saginaw on Let's Talk Trains. Um, uh, like I said, our show is not as it used to be, but we're still here. And uh, so we're going to have to listen to my lovely voice uh, throughout the show without break. Uh, maybe I'll go into song. But uh, I'm sure most of you don't want to hear that. Go into song. Okay. So, anyway, back to our event again. For those that are uninformed, uh, uninitiated, um, we gather every Memorial Day weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, here at the depot at the Chamber of Commerce office in Saginaw, Texas, to watch trains. That's all we do. We show up, we pull out our cameras, our video cameras, and we watch trains. It's a busy, busy interlocker. We have two BNSF lines that roll through here, and we have a UP uh, Duncan sub uh, that rolls through here. And normally I have that detailed information, but this year I don't. Um, but we have three diamonds right out the door here. Uh, when the trains come by, it's, it's click, 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 click all day long. It's a lot of fun to hear. Uh, the location grounds here, the, the depot is the old coffee, Texas, Houston and Texas Central Depot, later TNO or SP Heritage, that was relocated to the northern Texas area back in around 2000. It was part of a bank. Uh, the bank refurbed re, re, uh, it, made a boardroom in the uh, baggage area, and uh, now it, it currently is uh, offices for the Saginaw Chamber of Commerce. Anyway, they've done a real good job keeping it up and uh, – the Chamber of Commerce has been a great sponsor of ours to host this event. In addition to people watching trains, we also have 24 hours of programming. Um, 
which start at 7. Every hour, something's going on, a video, a talk, presentation, uh, an exhibition. We had, we had uh, T-Track uh, Model Railroad Club here early this morning. Uh, I showed some big boy chase videos at midnight, and uh, this is going to keep going until uh, 7 o'clock. And one more thing before we take our first guest, <clears throat> we also have live cams this year. This is, a, this is a first. We have two of them. One of them is a commercial live cam. You can go to right now. You can watch it for free this weekend. Go to railstream.net, R-A-I-L-S-T-R-E-A-M.net. They are hosting uh, the stream of the week. Look under, go to railstream.net. Click on live cam live cameras, and then go to the bottom to the stream of the week, and you can watch the action here at 24 seconds. If you, if you jump on right now and you're live with me, you can see Amtrak go by. The other live cam, which I haven't plugged into it yet, is uh, a live stream by a local boy here at the location on Twitch TV. Those that are familiar with Twitch, TWI. TCH.tv slash Texas underscore XX underscore BNSF. All right. Without further ado, I want to bring on our first guest. <clears throat> he's from, he hails from Southern California. He's he's well known as the amazing Chris Gensler. Chris, welcome to Let's Talk Trains. Hey, good morning, Skib. Thanks for having me at Staginaw again this year. Love having Chris at Saginaw. Chris was a presenter last night, and he's going to be a presenter again later on today. And we appreciate having you, Chris, especially since you traveled such a far distance to be with us. Well, I love Saginaw. It's a great place to watch trains. And we have a BNSF train coming down right now. It's the same two. It's the one with the Faramax. He's coming back with looks to be more cars. Good. So we'll see what we get here. Yeah. Is he uh, uh he, doing yard he, work, yard switching or something? Yeah. Yeah, he switched the grain elevator off of the spur at the diamond. So now that cleared the room and everybody's coming out like it always does. So we're going to get him with a little train action here. Mhm. And right. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one of our horns. Yeah, our horns are blowing to him. We'll see if he replies. Oh, that's awesome. that's right. We have a horn demonstration. I'll explain that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you do. Okay, so, let me get my picture of him. And... To give your, no, your I'm just gonna report. get my. Yeah, just one second. Okay, there's my picture of him. Yeah, I'm at 1,578,068.2, I think. Something like that. Wow. Since I've been back here. Yeah, since I've been back here, I, yeah, I went to Denison and shot the display there with the KDF unit. Went up to uh, Oklahoma City and rode the new streetcar they have there. Then yesterday I drove over to Wichita Falls, 
caught a caught the museum through the fence there, and that museum may be going bye bye, unfortunately. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, and then uh, caught the Virginian unit on a BNSF coal train at South Wichita Falls. Caught another train on that line further down. Then I came by here, shot the Heartland Flyer, and then I went Rotex Rail, and then I came to the event yesterday. So I've been having Fantastic. a great time with you guys. Good. We're so happy to have you again and appreciate your presentations that you're making, bringing a, a, a different flavor to our otherwise uh, regional program. So that's what looks like a coal train out there, huh? Yes, it is a coal train out here. Cool. It's a loaded one. That's all the noise you're hearing. So, and, so Chris, uh, we need to do a uh, – not now, but we need to come back on Let's Talk Trains and do the NRHS recap show. Uh, yes, we do. We want to do that so we can uh, plan. later on this month. Yeah, we can we – we can do that later this month, I would say. Okay. I'll get with you on that. So y'all stay tuned. I know yeah, we, the Let's Talk Train show is we, not easy to listen to, but the playback is. Yeah, we're going to try to give you guys more shows in the future. Yeah. And like I said, you got the horns blowing here at the trains and the coal cars from the Powder River Basin are coming through, and be interested to see if this one has any DPUs on it. Okay. So we're going to uh, stick with you while this whole train for a while. Yeah, it's a long one. Now, okay. probably the neatest cold train I saw on my trip was when we popped out of the, had popping out of the uh, Thistle Tunnel, where all the cars were brand new and they were consecutively numbered. So from zero, zero, wow. 001 all okay. the way back to zero, 0140. And that made a good shot coming out of the Thistle Tunnel. And then I said to Robin with me, I said, we need a BNSF train. We drive a little further. Here came an eastbound train, so we drove back to the other side of the Thistle Tunnel and caught him coming out of them. Cool. And, of course, Thistle, Thistle was the place where the hill came down in the last three weeks of the Rio Grande Zephyr. The Zephyr had made it by, so it's the one time the Rio Grande Zephyr detoured via Wyoming and then they would just mm. run the train from Denver to Grand Junction for its last few trips. So it kind of truncated everybody's plans to chase it That's in it. Utah after that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Speaking of Utah, I can't wait to talk about our convention show. So much went on at the convention. Yes, they did. We had we all had a very good time in Utah. And, of course, I made my trip into a 10-day trip by getting up there early and doing a bunch of stuff, which we'll talk about when we do our show. Okay. So I'm just waiting to see if we have DPUs on the back of this thing. He's a long, long train. He's probably the maximum 140 trains they run. Yeah. 
So for people who are waiting for my stories from this, they'll be written when I get back. Okay. Because my laptop with that dumb cloud I have now doesn't allow me to upload my pictures anymore. So I have to take the pictures from the camera, put them in my laptop, take them home, transfer them to the home computer, write the story, then transfer it all back to the laptop to upload the story. So it's really kind of funky that we do it, but he's still coming. The horn that's blowing, is that the demonstration horns going on out there? That is that is the demonstration horn. Okay. Yeah, the train is probably at the beginning of the Saginaw Yard. And, and he's having a lot of fun blowing it. Yes, we do have a DPU. Okay. And let's see what it is. Could we have something special on the back of this train? We will see. Soon as it clears the trees, I can tell you what it is. This reminds me of my days with Nathan doing a show in La Plata where we have to wait for the entire train to pass to see what the DPU was. Right. But through La Plata, they go a little bit faster. (laughs) Okay. Let's see what the railroad gods are going to give us for a DPU on this train. Okay. Uh, it's something whitish. Okay, it looks like a Grinstein, which is cool, and uh, BNSF regular orange and yellow. I'm going to get a picture of it when it comes through here. All right. All right. I can, everybody, this is a live rail fan. You're listening to Chris. Train going by, camera ready. You want to get the shot of the DVD. What it's all about. Yes, I am. Yep, so here we go. The DPU is, there they are. Let's click my first picture. 9798. Got here going by outside. So Amtrak hasn't come by yet, correct? No, Amtrak will be behind this train. Okay. So we'll get is this the, the north Saginaw, or the southbound the, train. This is a southbound okay. train. Okay. So we're gonna get the going away shot. The DPUs are both facing forward. The one Virginia unit I shot yesterday was facing backwards. But he was the second unit on the train, so I don't know where he's ended up being. Okay, so there you go, Skip. He's going out of sight, and it's going to get a lot quieter now. Okay, well, hopefully Amtrak will be by soon. Uh, Anything else you want to share with our listening audience today? Which will probably be the the replay audience. Yeah, the replay audience, I'll be in Minnesota at the end of next month for the 261 trips. 
We're going to go from Minneapolis Junction to Glencoe and then out on the prairie line. Two days of trips with it, with photo run bys included. So 261 Group does an excellent job of running trips, and the Sandbergs do an excellent job of taking care of that great engine. So, so when's the last time 261's been out on the rails? I, I, I don't remember. Do you? It was last uh, last uh, May. May, okay. So no, still, still okay, it was in May when it went to Glencoe, and then it does its little trips to Minneapolis Union Station for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know I'm on their uh, 261 club list, and they're always uh, running private cars, it seems like, either Chicago or Duluth or or someplace. Um uh, yeah, the Cedar Rapids and uh, their their long dome. Great. Uh, so, yeah, and they got a new uh, what E unit, a bonafide Milwaukee Road yeah. E unit, and that, is that one gonna is going to that that's going to be the power that's going to pull us back from these trips this year. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you're going to get the 261 Fantastic. going by you, and then you're going to be able to shoot the E unit going away from you on run bys. So pretty cool. Excellent. Need to make it up there. Great, great part of the country up there. Yes, it is. Okay, so I'm going to let you go, Skip. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me. Love hearing from you. All right. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll you and soon. we'll do our we'll, right. yeah we'll do our show very shortly, people. So don't worry about it. We'll give you a good coverage of the NRHS. Take good care. Good deal. All right. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Right. That was the amazing Chris Gensler, and we always pre- appreciate him. He's a staple in the Let's Talk Train uh, history and show. And uh, you know, Chris, uh, he 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 uh, is not bashful in sharing his over 8,800 days. That's right, 8,800 days and counting of continuous sobriety. And part of that success has been riding the rails. And that's why he's got one over 1.5 million miles of riding on the rails, and he he's been on every Amtrak train, every Amtrak line uh, that's available, uh, plus some, tons of rare mileage, lots of um, charter specials. Close the door all the way once you come in. Lots of charter specials, uh, tourist railways, you name it. If it's riding the rails, it counts. It. Of course, he's from Southern California, where there's uh, Southern, uh, I mean, uh, Los Angeles commuter rail, San Diego, that whole system down there. So he's able to keep his his train count going. And uh, I remember when he reached a million miles, he celebrated in La Plata, Missouri, uh, at that uh, La Plata uh, uh, Hotel Depot thing, and then they had the uh, Chris Gensler lookout. Uh, platform. I don't know if that's still active or not. Uh, I haven't heard the latest on that. So anyway, thank you, Chris. We love having you on the Let's Talk Trade Show. So you just heard the big cold drag go by, and uh, Chris reported on that, and Amtrak is coming. Uh, Amtrak will probably be next. That's the Heartland Flyer. That's the northbound Heartland Flyer that leaves Fort Worth and heading to um, uh, is it the northbound? No, it's the inbound. It's the inbound. Southbound. Southbound, I'm sorry, I'm so I'm so backwards. The southbound Hartman Flyer from Oklahoma City will be passing shortly, coming to Fort Worth, and then and heads north at six. 
or pastors hear about six. So if you're happy to be listening to the show, uh, we'd love to have you call in and just share your thoughts. The number is 646-668-8094. Uh, I'll go back to our event, give you an idea of what kind of programming we have here at 24-Hour Saginaw or 24-Hour Rail Watching event from 7 to 7 p.m. Friday and Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. So when we when we start our event, if uh, train watching begins, you sign in, you log your time, we make a donation, helps us with the insurance, you get a button. Then we have rail videos playing. We have safety rules displayed all around because we want you to be safe here. Uh, we passed the hat for pizza last night. Uh, we also have a silent auction going on, so there's a few items here. All the proceeds benefit the North Texas Chapter National Railway Historical Society Heritage Grant Program. Uh, again, we have two special features. RailStream at railstream.net uh, has a live cam. You can go to it right now and watch it if you're listening to this show or you catch this show this weekend. The, the cam is going to be free for the stream of the week uh, at railstream.net. And then we have a, a local uh, live stream. I have it tuned in. Uh, hopefully it's on on twitch.tv forward slash Texas underscore XX underscore BNSF. And you can also see a different version of 24-hour Saginaw. And so we started off our, our programming Friday at 7 with Operation Lifesaver by conductor Angie Hicks. She's an Amtrak conductor. And she put on a, a great program. She had giveaways, a lot of safety messages to give away, keychains, pins, uh, things of that nature you see at, at OLS. And then David Wiegand from New Mexico. David's the next Santa Fe uh, car host among many uh, hats that he wore. Uh, he was a, a conductor and uh, for, on Amtrak, and uh, he, he told his early days stories of Amtrak and the Santa Fe and Rock Island. had a lot of um, showpieces, timetables, old Amtrak uniforms, old Santa Fe uniforms, uh, lots of memorabilia from his days of working on the railroad. And he's all the way from Albuquerque. Then at 9 o'clock, uh, we were going to have the one and only Steve Allen going, but uh, that didn't work out due to some, some glitches. So we had Chris Gensler, who you just heard from, put on some of his stories. And then uh, then we had Eldon Baker. He did a program about the restoration of the depot in Anna, Texas, which is an old – Houston, Texas Central Depot that was recently restored and has done a great job. I don't have his his um, website, but you can go on Facebook and look up Anna, Texas, or Depot Anna, Texas. I'm sure it'll come up. Lots of photos on his Facebook. I think I hear Amtrak. Is that Amtrak? No, I think that's still. No, that's Amtrak. Let me run outside. It's Amtrak. Here it comes. I apologize if I blew you out. Amtrak just went by, blowing the horn like crazy. That's probably our, our guy who's in our ship. Yeah. We know the engineer. He he knew we were here, so he's blowing it out for us. Isn't that nice? 
the engineer today on Heart and Flyer is a member of the North Texas chapter, uh, NRHS, which you could be a member too. I'll talk about that in a second. All right, so the Amtrak's going by. That was 40, definitely 42 trains. We've hit our, our 43? Okay, all right, so 43 trains. You're correct. It sure did. Okay. Uh, where was I at? The town of Anna, the depot, Restoration, Eldon Baker. Go look that up on Facebook, guys, and check that out. Then at midnight, the midnight special show, yours truly hosted the uh, uh, Big Boy Chase. Boy, was that fun. I don't know when we'll talk about that, but we chased the big boy. Let me say Sam. Sam's here. We can't have 24 hours of tagging all without Sam himself. Sam Metzger. Got a G in his name. Or the Texas Train Master. He goes by Texas Train Master. How long have you been going with with that? I have a YouTube channel. I don't have any videos up yet. Today, I'm hoping to have someone help me use one of those media really make this so I can start this stuff on All right. So Sam says he's going to get some videos up on his Train Master YouTube channel soon. I'm sure we'll bring it to you when he does. Right. Oh, it's just going to be the preview video. I have to let viewership grow. Eventually, I'm okay. going to have maybe a thousand views first video. I'll put something else up. Okay. He's going to wait for a thousand views on his first video before he puts up. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a... I'm not a YouTuber professional, but I think you're going to probably put a few more videos up before you get 1,000 views. I would. That's probably better. I would just spark interest. I'd populate it a little bit. Most of the stuff I've done is documentary-ish. Originally, I will be just videos on training. Okay. Okay. Things to do with the... Okay. Things to do with the Freeway Express, the Great Adventure, the Fort Worth Stockyards, stuff like that. All right. I'll interview you in a minute. All right. Okay. So... I'll be back. Sam will be back. So we did the big boy chase. I did some chase videos of big boy. Moving into Saturday, uh, we skipped the trivia game. We're going to play it later today. We played Trains Magazine's Journey to Promontory. We also played Trains Magazine, the Golden Spike Route Today DVD. Then we had a challenge of 3985. Then the North Texas T-Track Modular Club, they're so, they're so boss. They came in at 5 a.m. and put on an expedition from 5 to 9. And then... Uh, we had more videos, BNSF Arizona Divide, Tennessee Pass, and the Royal Gorge Route. Then Ken Fitzgerald, you've been hearing it outside. It is the foreign demonstration. Ken Fitzgerald brings, oh, boy, he had about, how many horns he's got out there? A dozen horns? You know, Nathan this and Blowhorn that, and I don't know the names. You horn professionals know, but he, it looked like he had a sample of almost every type of diesel horn or locomotive horn that you can imagine, all hooked up to an air compressor. So they're out there blowing horns back at the trains when they come by. And that's one of the unique features here at 24 Hours of Saginaw is the uh, – there goes is – that, is that a real train? That's the horn blowing? That's, that's, that's the demonstration horn. So that's one of our um, unique features here at 24 Hours of Saginaw is the horn demonstration. It's probably the number one requested event, uh, if we can have it. Mr. Fitzgerald is uh, not always available, but when he is, he's very gracious. And uh, Ken Fitzgerald, by trade, he's a retired uh, gentleman from his regular profession, but, but he's the official photographer for uh, BNSF, the, Fort Worth, the Western Railroad. Sometimes he does 
contract work for the Union Pacific. Uh, he's often called to go out and document uh, new rail construction. Um, he's documented the, the, the overpasses down in downtown Fort Worth. He's documented uh, the line they built out there in um, uh, New Mexico. I forget the name. Uh, but he's been all around the system uh, as an official photographer. Anyway, he's got an excellent horn collection. They're out there blowing it right now. The horn demonstration here at 24 Hours Saginaw. So that's a unique feature. That exhibit was is was a, supposed to start at 10 and go till noon. It's afternoon. They're still blowing it, so you can tell they're having a good time. Here at 1 o'clock, we're going to have Willie Menendez. He's going to play the Santa Fe Odyssey Volume 3 video. And then from Shreveport, Louisiana, more specifically Minden, uh, Miss Melinda West has an interesting program called Oh Yes, They Did, and I think it has to do with women in railroading. So if you're in the Texas area and you can get to Saginaw, you still got time to come here, listen to that program. And then you just heard me talk to Sam. Him and his buddy James is going to host the Great Locomotive Race Trivia Game. We play a trivia-oriented uh, railroad game. It's uh, six lines up on a big board, and we have six locomotives uh, at on one end, which is which is where there's a roundhouse, and then on the other end of the board, along the line, we have the TMP uh, depot, and we have teams that form, and everybody takes claim to a particular locomotive. One's a daylight, Santa Fe, UP, Rock Island. Uh, Milwaukee Road and uh, uh, Seaboard Line. And um, as a team, we ask trivia questions. The team that gets the right answer moves their train along the track from the, the roundhouse towards the TMP depot. And the first team to answer enough questions correctly, and these are all railroad history questions or Railroad uh, operating questions, or let's just put it this way: they're railroad themed trivia questions. And um, the first person to reach the TMP depot is the winner, and that team goes over to the door prize box and grabs some door prize. Anyway, it's a fun game. A lot of people like playing it. It's very challenging, very entertaining, and just a lot of fun to play. So Sam and Jane are going to host that this year, and then at four o'clock. Steve Grammon. Steve Grammon's one of the uh, original uh, founders of 24 Hours Saginaw. Uh, those who don't know, 24 Hours Saginaw was started 14 years ago, and it was just a, a just a, a fun discussion we had after a Fort Worth uh, Lone Star Railroad Indiana train show, which was held at Fort Worth Memorial Day weekend. We ran out here to Saginaw to watch some trains, and we said, you know, wouldn't it be interesting and fun if we had a, a, a a reason, an official reason to come out here, and lo and behold, 24 Hours Saginaw was born, because we know people like to record trains, and they like to do it in a time period, and there used to be somebody that used to post his, his uh, sightings for a 24-hour period at a particular location, so that set the basis of the time, and then uh, and then uh, people love railroad programming, so we added railroad programming, and then we have a fun, safe location. You, you put those three ideas together, boom, you have 24 hours at Saginaw. 
you know, 24 hours can be done really anywhere. You just got to put a little planning into it and have a place where people can meet and have access to restrooms and food. And you can host your own 24 hours in Saginaw. And a place to sleep. Well, people, people, people sleep. People actually bring their pup tents, their sleeping bags. A lot of people sleep in their cars. Some people get hotel rooms. Some people just go home like me. I can't do the 24 hours. But uh, there are a lot of people here that literally log in 24 hours continuously out here watching trains. They like to think, think of the people like to go to the beach and just listen to the waves. Well, we got rail fans that come here and get in the same lawn chair that you bring to the beach, but they lay out on the ground and they just love to hear the train go by, even when they're sleeping. Here comes another train. Here comes another train. Here comes another train, which we're now up to 40 Two forty-three trains. All right, we have a new attendee here, twenty-four hours shagging off. Can we uh, shut the door? That's right, huh? No Aggies, but you can be an Aggie. We're, we're selling your book over there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you buy a book, he'll sign it for you. That's the author. Yeah, here, uh, Sam, bring me the book so I can talk about the book on the air. This is a good time to plug the book. So, uh, just walked in, Mr. Dave M. or David M. Bernstein. David M. Bernstein is the author of a book that the North Texas chapter has published a few years ago called Southern Pacific Eastern Lines, 1946 to 1996. And uh, it's a North Texas chapter National Railway Historical Society publication. Um, if you'd like to order one, we're still selling them. We still have lots, lots available. But it uh, documents and, and, and chroni- chronicle history between 1946 and 96 when the SP merged with the UP about the Southern Pacific lines in Texas, Louisiana. Lots of – here comes the train. Lots of historical photos, lots of modern-day diesel photos uh, before 96. Uh, a lot of special movements. I hear, I'm flipping the pages. I'm looking at – some Rock Island Baby Blue units coming through the system. Uh, here at uh, Tower 17, Rosenberg, there's some Conrail units on the SP line. And, of course, my favorite train historically is the Sunbeam uh, Passion Train, which ran between Houston and Dallas. You got a lot of excellent photos of the Sunbeam here in this, this book, along with uh, other historical uh, trains like the Sunset Limited, the Alamo, I'm also looking at a, a historical photo of SP-745. Yeah, that 745, the preserved 282 Mike down in New Orleans, Louisiana, which is currently with the Louisiana Steam Train Association, or otherwise known as LASTA. You can go to LASTA, L-A-S-T-A dot org, and check out the SP-745. They just, they just ran out of flu time last month. So they're now beginning their rebuild. What's that called, Bob? Uh, Fifteen twenty-two, fourteen cent, whatever, whatever that. You know, when the you rebuild a steam engine, and it's basically got fifteen years on the flues, and then it's, it's time to to clean all that out and rebuild it. Well, they've reached that point. Anyway, there's a historic photo here on page two eighty-two of the SB seven forty-five back in its uh, original operating days. 
among other things. So this book normally sells sixty nine ninety five. We got it on sale today for sixty dollars. If y'all want to run down here and get it, a sale price. Uh, if not, you can go to mtxnrhs.org, mtxnrhs.org, and we advertise the book on our website there, and you can click on it. You can even pay online, and Bob here will ship it to you, or Wayne will ship it to you, our president. Wow, great great picture of the Inglewood uh, classification yard or hump yard. With uh, the city of Houston in the background, that looks great. So speaking of Houston, here's Howard. Want to say Howard? Oh, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. Hey, James. Hey. hey All right. Hey, yes. Oh, I got a call-in show. Yeah. Looks like the limit are 15 years or 1472 days. 1472. Right. No extension. No extension. Absolutely not. All right. So, hey, without further ado, we got a call in here, area code two eight one. This might be uh, Tom. Welcome to the Let's Talk Train Show. Is that you, Tom? Uh, it's me, Skip. How are Hello. you doing? I'm doing good, Hello. Tom. Thanks. For, thanks for calling in to the Let's Talk Train Show. Uh, what is going on? Are you here twenty four hours in Saginaw? Well, you know I am, Skip. <laughs> of course you are. We talked to you earlier. And we're <laughs> And we're having a good time, and I I need to tell you that uh, in the last uh, 15 or 20 minutes since we talked, we have uh, reached our 42 mark on the number of trains. So the official count right now is 42 trains. Bob seemed to think we, we, right. we sneaked another one in there. 42 trains. 42 trains. Uh, we've reached our low. It's, it's, it's nothing but high numbers here on out, right? Uh, something along those lines, yeah, we hope. So what's going on with Tom Marsh in the uh, Gulf Coast chapter or the Texas Railroading Heritage Museum? Did I get that right? Well, you got it right. Good. Well, uh, Gulf Coast chapter in RHS is very excited. Uh, we're, we were the uh, high, high bidder for a ex-Southern Pacific dining car and Amtrak most recent auction. And we just learned this week that uh, the, our bid has been accepted, the check has been cashed, and we are ready to go and get the car and bring it to Texas. That's fantastic. Tell us, tell us a little bit about this car. What's what's uh, unique about it? This was one of the six Streamline Dining cars built in 1950 for the Sunset Limited. And we're, we've been tracking these cars for many years. It's been one of our goals for a long time to acquire one. And we're very fortunate to, in effect, acquire the last one that's likely to come on the market. Really? Did Amtrak uh, get all those cars when the, when they took over, or, or uh, how many were still around? How many ran on Amtrak? Yeah. You know, Amtrak Amtrak got five of the six. The railroad retained one. That one that they retained is now in the California State Railroad Museum. The rest of them uh, worked many, many millions of miles on Amtrak. If I remember correctly, our car did about 6.9 million miles on Amtrak. 
it does not have the original interior. It has an interior that Amtrak put into it when they put HEP on the car. Uh, but uh, we're going to do a cosmetic restoration of the exterior as closely as possible to Sunset Limited. And then the interior, uh, we'll tidy that up and display it as is, as an example of uh, of an Amtrak refurbishment program. So on the outside, it's going back to the 1950s, but on the inside, it's going to stay the way Amtrak ran it. And they must have really reorganized that whole car on the inside, huh? Uh, they they did. My understanding is that the, it was done by an outside contractor. And the uh, and the plans the the kitchen was completely rebuilt, the dining room was reconfigured somewhat. So uh, the effort and expense to try and go back to the original interior would be prohibitive. And there's a good example, like I said, the California State Railroad Museum has the car that that the railroad retained, and it has its original Audubon interior. So that's a uh, uh, that's a that's a jewel there in California. Uh, isn't isn't that car uh, part of their excursion fleet out there at California State Railroad? I know it has been. You know? I'm not sure what. The, I I know that it has been used in their excursion fleet, but I don't know what the if, what the status of it is right now. You know, back in the 90s, I think I rode in that car during Railfest or one of those outings out there because uh, I remember being a Sunset Limited in a dining car and it had, I think it had Texas motif or, or no, New Orleans motif on the inside. Yeah, the Audubon dining cars were uh, decorated with reprodu- reproductions of uh, uh, John Audubon's paintings of birds and wildlife. Uh, in the New Orleans area. The coffee shop lounge cars were called Pride of Texas, and they were decorated with a Texas theme. And then the lounge cars were decorated in a French Quarter theme with a uh, national advertising and promotion program that had the tagline, Where Sunset Pink Walls and a Fashion Trend. Cool. So when do when do you when do you guys take uh, possession of the car? Well, uh, the car is ours, and so technically we have possession of it. We have a contractor who's going to uh, do the necessary work to make the car fit for freight interchange. It, the, the work that you do is relatively minor. There, the car doesn't have any structural issues. There's no, no issues with the trucks or couplers or anything. So we don't have an exact timetable yet. We're hoping to have the, you know, our best guess right now is that the car will be in Texas so by the end of August. In Texas by the end of August. Well, speaking of, of yes. Texas at the end of August, what is the current time frame, or what's the latest with the development of the museum? The Texas Railroad Museum at Tomball. The, uh, the city city council recently uh, approved the architectural concept, and the museum is launching into some serious uh, fundraising efforts. Uh, so that's where we stand. All of the land is included. Lots of the engineering and coring related to uh, preparing the location is completed. 
City Council has approved the architectural concept, and those can be seen on the uh, Texas Railroad and Heritage Museum Facebook page. And it's, it's going to be a very impressive facility, in my opinion. Uh, didn't I see somewhere that you had uh, drawings or plans uh, published about the museum and how it's going to look? Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Architectural concepts are available on the on the uh, uh, you know, you did say that, and and I didn't register what that meant. So so you can see what it looks like. Hey, I have to apologize. We're getting a lot of traffic in here. People are signing in. We got more people coming in. Um, uh, uh, Dave Wiegand last night. Our projector didn't work, but we got another projector, so we're going to show Dave's program again later on. So uh, back to you, uh, Tom. You know, usually we talk about the is it the the 982 down there in Houston, and the uh, saga of the the missing tender or the uh, great Texas uh, train robbery of that tender to uh, uh, Heber Valley, and uh, you know uh, 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 what's his name uh, Dyke? What's his name? Uh, Van, uh, Al, Al. Oh gosh, Al Dyke. Al Al Dyke. Yes. Yes. So Al was at the uh, NRHS convention, uh, or SP, or one of them. Anyway, I saw him in Ogden, NRHS, I believe. And we talked about the tender and uh, talked to Al, but I think he approached the Heber Valley in a very kind and gentle, non-Texas uh, ribbing way, the way I did, where I, I made him upset. And he inquired about the tender, and before we had the big train wreck, uh, we were going to see it, and... Um, I think he came away with the attitude that with the right discussions and raising the money, we can get the rest of that tender back to Houston. The only thing that is missing on it is they scrapped the oil bunker so they could rebuild it for the tender they had, and they took the best parts of the trucks with the trucks that they had and made two, out of all the parts, they made two good trucks with the best parts. So, you know, we can get a couple trucks, re refabricate oil uh, bunker, and then we could put that tender back with the 982 where it belongs. What, what do you think of that information? Well, Skip, I am uh, not the person who's qualified to delve into that topic, quite frankly. So I'm going. Oh. I'm, I'm going to just uh, let that stand for now. The, uh, the the Gulf Coast chapter or TRHM has no ownership interest in the locomotive. Okay. Uh, Obviously, individual members are concerned about the way that the, the situation with the tender was handled, but as it stands right now, neither organization has a uh, an active role in the locomotive's future. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's Houston pride down there. We want to try to keep it, and if y'all ever do end up falling into your laps, and it's like, okay, you got a museum now. Here's the locomotive. We want it out of our hair. We hope you'll receive it, and and if we need to to go fund me to get that tender back home, you know, I'm ready to help you too if that's the case. Well, we did, I will say this: we had an, we had an informal contact with the city a while back uh, about the locomotive potentially moving to the new museum at Tomball, and the response at that time was. Uh, no, the, the locomotive is going to stay and be displayed in Houston. Okay. 
All right. Well, you know, I always like to, to chew the fat on that topic, see what the latest is. So is there anything else, Tom, you can uh, share with us about the Gulf Coast chapter or the uh, museum and uh, any future news we need to be uh, alerted to? Well, I would, just, uh, I would just encourage people to go to the website and have a look at the architectural the concept ties together some architectural features of the Pacific Grand Central Terminal and the District uh, uh, Union Station. And I, I think that the architect and the uh, uh, engineering contractors have come Thanks up with a really here. great plan. Thanks for coming. Okay. Well, uh, the, the, when you say uh, website, you're, you're talking about the Facebook page is where they're going? Yeah, Facebook or, page. Or yet, uh, uh-huh. uh, you can get, you can get to the Facebook page through the website, which is texasrrmuseum.org, uh, or you can just go directly to Facebook and search for Texas Railroading Heritage Museum, and it should pop right up. All right. That's fantastic. Tom? Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for bringing us up to date on the latest with the museum. And uh, we'll look forward to more news as it develops or next year when you call in again. How about that? Uh, that, that sounds great. I do have one question. Okay. For you. Okay. What time is it? It is time to watch trains. I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, the great Tom Marsh from Houston. So we had two callers. Anybody here going to call in and be on the show with me? Let's talk trains. The number's right here at the bottom of the page. Let me let everybody know. If you happen to be listening live, you can call in and talk to us on the show. We got one more hour left. Six four six 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 eight eight zero nine four. Why don't you call in and tell me your latest train happenings? You were, you were in Ogden. I don't know how they let you over there. Well, let's talk about Ogden. Your show starts in five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Willie Melendez is coming up. He's next on our schedule. I, th- I think it's all hooked up. Uh, yeah. Have you tested it? Yeah. It, 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 it plays. You just got to press play and you'll be ready to go. Ready to go. Okay. All right, well, Willie Menendez, Santa Fe Odyssey, Volume 3. Yeah, give him your cell phone, go outside and talk to me, or, or we don't want to have the echo in here. Yeah, I got you. All right, and then I'll, I'll bring you on and introduce yourself. Let's talk. Train. All right, so we're going to get another call in here in a little bit. Hey, Sam, what's the latest? Oh, look, let me go get James. You're going to hear from me. All right, well, no, no, I, I was going to do two seconds. I'll, uh. Well, we'll do it a little later. I'm getting ready to have a call in. Okay. Okay. We have one more hour, so probably about the next 30 minutes. All right. We got another caller calling in. Again, I apologize, people. We're on the fly here. We're, we're live. This is 24 hours sagging. All those people coming and going in and out here watching trains, having fun, looking at programming, and bringing on the air right now, area code 816. You're live on Let's Talk Trains. What's your name? Where are you from? What are you doing? John Hatler. I'm at 24 Hours at Saginaw, and I am actually an employee of 
Trinity Metro, the buses and trains in Fort Worth, Texas. Fantastic, John. So uh, welcome to Let's Talk Trains. Good to see you. You know what? I saw you out at Ogden. Is that right? Just a few weeks ago. That's right. I dragged my brother out there. We had a blast. That's right, and and you guys look like twins, but you're not twins. He, you're younger or no, older? No, no, we're, we're, we're oh, he's younger than me, but you know we're close to Irish twins. We're almost Irish. Oh, twins. that's true. We're just a few months shy that's of true. that. So that's right. So I saw you and him out at Ogden when the H44 and the UP4014 Big Boy met, and then we bumped into each other all over the place. So so what? What what was your official capacity going out there? Was you attending a convention, or you just showed up to have fun, or what? What, what did you, you know? Do? What so my brother and I we we really enjoy the NRHS, and we wanted to hang out and uh, see all the the sights and all the sounds of twenty four hours of of trains and and more. Well, it was more like forty eight or seventy two hours of trains out there, all the activity that was I, going on. It felt that way. So, Certainly so you, felt actually that were, way. you actually attended the National Railway Historical Society uh, Golden Spike Rails uh, convention. Is that what you were there for? Yes, yes yeah. sir. We, you know we had a blast. Let's, let's talk about the NRHS convention a little bit. We normally do an annual show with Chris Ginzer, but let's talk about your experience. Just to bring people up to speed, um, you know, the the reason for the season was the 150th anniversary of the Transcontinental Transcontinental Railway, the driving of the Golden Spike on May 10th, 1869, uh, which celebrated 69, right? Yeah, 1869. Yeah, 10, 1869, what did I say? 1969. The sesquicentennial and then the of the Transcontinental Railway. You're right. And the, the 150th anniversary was May 10th, 2019, and so the NRHS decided, well, if we're going to hold an annual convention, we better do it during this event so we can be a participant, and we were. In addition to that, Big Boy announced five years ago – not Big Boy. Union Pacific announced five years ago that they were going to restore Big Boy that was also going to be uh, at this event. So we, we get a twofer. We get a, a national historic moment in time that we all get to celebrate and then Union Pacific is, is going to bring out a big boy, which which sounds unheard of five years ago, but but now is a reality. And so, and the NRA tell you what, that engine is pretty. It is. We started May, I think eighth, uh, and then the ninth, May ninth, uh, the city of Ogden hosted a. 150 Heritage Festival, a street festival. They shut down Main Street. They shut down the main road there in front of the Ogden Union Station. And they, you know, food trucks and vendors and uh, 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 live acts and exhibition was being held. And on top of that, just south of the station, Union Pacific Railroad set up their own nose to nose meeting with the living legend. Of 8:44, and then they, the CEO, after a lot of fanfare and brouhaha, brought in Big Boy 4014 to a cheering crowd. And if you ever been to a rock concert in the uh, 70s and 80s, people always held up their their cigarette lighter. Well, in this crowd, everybody held up their smartphone because everybody caught this on their camera. 
Is that what you experienced, John? Oh, man, that, that and more. My brother and I, we spent a lot of money there in Ogden. Probably more money than my future wife would want to know about. But yeah, no, we had a bl- <laughs> we had a blast up there in Ogden. We took the we took the front runner up there uh, on that Thursday. Yeah, the Thursday morning. Took the front runner. Beautiful train. Uh, we really liked it. They they stopped they stopped just before we got to Ogden, and we got to take pictures of. 4014 just before it showed up to the to the big show and then everybody and and his uncle was up there and we just we had an amazing time we took some great photos absolutely spectacular photos uh and a lot of a lot of train fans uh, like if you didn't know there were train fans before you knew it after that right so did you notice the uh, heavy attendance by the Chinese people there? I, I did notice the heavy attendance by the Chinese people. But if uh, we didn't make it until just before the engine came on, so I don't know if, if they talked that day or not. I know we got a uh, – they talked on Friday when we went to Promontory. But right. I, well, I didn't I, catch I if they had talked on Thursday. Well, I also caught the front runner out of Salt Lake City because our hotel was conventioned in the downtown Salt Lake at the Radisson. And uh, when we got on the train, huge contingency of Chinese people. This year, the Chinese, you know, they always talk about 10,000 Chinese. Well, in reality, the Chinese people said there wasn't just 10,000 Chinese. There was 20, 30, 40,000 Chinese that helped build the Transcontinental Railway. And for the first time in probably the telling of the story, the Chinese finally got their due, got their recognition on, on, on how they were a major contributor to building America's Transcontinental Railway. Oh, you have a train by. Boy, it's loud. It's blowing his horn. Train 43. Anyway, uh, all the Chinese... Uh, descendants of the Chinese workers and anybody involved with it, they came out and celebrated also the Transcontinental Railway. They had speakers, presentations, they had their own play, they had their own little convention. I mean, I mean, everybody within, that was anybody that celebrates railroads or had anything to do with this Transcontinental Railway were in attendance. I'm going to shut this door. The train's so loud. Okay, I'm back. So, Shut the door, please. All right, thank you for that report, Sam. Yes, so, um, yeah, the Chinese, the Chinese were a major force this year in celebrating. You know, one of the stories I heard about the Chinese <laughs> and their heritage was, um, you know, in most history books, all you hear about is the 10,000 Chinese. They don't really talk about names, personalities, backgrounds, and, and that's one of the things that the, they, they want to bring out into the story. And if you notice at the UP presentation, there was a Chinese representation up on the stage along with the, the Irish and the other representatives that participated. And also at the Transcontinental Celebration, which is the next day, uh, the the Chinese were heavily in attendance and and in costumes and in historical perspective. So the Chinese are getting their due, and it's about time. So, John, uh, after you saw the locomotives meet and they blew their whistle, 
Some say they didn't, but it was a weak whistle if you go back and watch the video. What did you do the rest of that particular day? Did you go into the street festival? What did you see? I, you know what, Skip? I'm so sorry about this. I'm trying to find the right place to stand here at 24 hours a second. Off. It's, a, it's a loud train going on. You know how that goes. There we go. All right. Well, All right, it's, we'll just, it's just not going by. Yeah. What was your question again? Right, five, I'm sorry about that. Oh, the question oh, was yeah. after after Big Boy and 844 uh, met. Uh, what did you do later that day? Did you go to the street festival? What did you see? Oh uh, yes, we did go to the street festival. We uh, we actually went to a diner uh, that is outside of a. Uh, it's in it's inside of a baggage car. There in Ogden, and I can't think of the name of the diner, but it, it, it had some good greasy, greasy food there. We we had a blast. Uh, good good food. We liked it. Uh, and then after that, uh, after go, walking around the street festival, we went into some of the art museum, uh, art collection places, and <clears throat> found a collection of unique train art. They didn't have much, but they. The stuff that they did have was pretty cool, and so we bought some of that. Uh, and then finally, we went into the museum there at Ogden, and they have they have recreated about a third of the Central Pacific Line from Sacramento all the way to all the way to Promontory uh, in a 3D visual model. That must have took them about ten or twenty years to do, because they, they, I mean, they, that's a quite the collection there. And then afterwards, uh, afterwards, then we went and we uh, watched President Lincoln give his 1862 speech. Uh, it's a documentary provided by the National Railway Historical Society, and they, I guess, they produced a video back in the nineties or. Oh okay. Uh, that that was there in the depot at about wow. six o'clock on. Yeah. Mm. They also had they brought brought out a bunch of bands uh, out there playing and singing and we didn't uh, we didn't we didn't get to watch much of that but there were there were a few bands out there that got to play. Uh, you know there 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 was, think, there was lots of entertainment presentations. I know I saw the Chinese presentation. I also saw the Mormon presentation about Brigham Young and how when the two railroads reached the Utah state line from the east and from the west that he wanted to make sure the Mormons had a chance to help build the railroad and earn the income and and of course naturally they didn't really want the drunkards uh, coming into the Mormon territory so they kind of want they kind of sold their labor a little cheaper than what they were paying the Irishmen to keep the drunkards out. At least that's the kind of story. Well, you, but you know, Brigham Young, the, the story the I had always like, heard. What'd you hear? The, the story I, I I had always heard was uh, that the UP didn't actually pay the Mormons a dime. Really? Well, yeah. maybe maybe. Uh, well, you know, the UP stiffed a lot of people, is what I heard, and you know, the original gold spike sharing was supposed to happen on the eighth. But they held up Mr. Durant, the railroad workers, and insisted on being paid. So 
so he didn't arrive till the tenth, and that's why they drove the gold spike on the tenth. Is that what you heard? That that's what I heard as well. I, that makes sense, though. I would, you know, better be on the tenth than the eighth, anyway. Right. So, so, but the, the Brigham Young wanted the railroad to come through Salt Lake City, and of course, the the the, the powers that be decided to go through Weber Canyon in, into Ogden. So it never made it. So Brigham Young never made it to the celebration. He was a little upset with the whole uh, deal. But the Mormons played a major role in the building of the Transcontinental Railway, nonetheless. Well, so, you know, the, the, oh, I was going to say, Skip, the, you know, the real interesting part about the entire adventure is that the, the reason the UP is so financially strong is because they did make it to Salt Lake City eventually and did did get all the coal mines to, you know, support shipping coal across the United States. Well, there you go. And it's still a vibrant a vibrant rail traffic today. Absolutely. And and we Absolutely. Yeah, and and so after the Ogden celebration, did you go to the you were at the Transcontinental Railway celebration with the NRHS, right? You rode the bus, right? You know what? I thought I saw I, you on the bus. So Oh, absolutely. We we had a blast. We met new friends on the bus, uh, including Anthony, and I can't think of Anthony's last name right now. But we we were on the bus together and uh, just just had an, uh, a lot of entertainment going on. And, so the Railway so had anywhere from twelve to 20,000 people in attendance at the Promontory Historic Site. And then the next day we went and tried to ride the Heber Valley train. Did you? Was you on that fateful demise? Uh, that I was. Experience? I was on that fateful trip. I, I have oh. to shout, shout out to that car attendant that we had because she was a blast. She had. She came around, had a conversation with just about every passenger on board, and we felt pretty special <laughs> getting to have that conversation. But you know. A ride of 800 feet is always worth a ride of 800 feet, even if it's only 800 feet. What John's talking about is when the Heber Valley train special for the NRHS convention pulled out of the station, it went about 800 feet, and the engine picked a derail switch and put the rear truck on the ground, which drove the car behind it, both trucks on the ground, and it slammed into the railroad crossing. And that was the extent of the NRHS ex- experience. They tried to get some, um, uh, what do you call them, loaders? Uh, yeah, they brought loaders. in a front they loader. They brought two front-end loaders and tried to lift the locomotive, re-rail it, and they were going to re-rail the business car. But uh, in the end, after an hour and a half of struggle, they annulled the train, and, and we got back on the bus and went home. So. That experience. Did you have a question? No. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I got a, I got an attendee here uh, live at 24 seconds. Let me answer his question live. Yes, sir. Uh, the big boy in Rollins. Fell through the gauge. Yeah, it fell off the track. But what was the actual cause? I don't know the actual cause. That's a good question. So, what this gentleman is talking about is uh, when the big boy was going eastbound back to Cheyenne. When it got to Rollins, it was backing up on some track, and uh, the the rear um, set of, what do you want to call it, drivers, uh, drivers went off the ground. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, and the UP had to re re rail it, and they did. But don't, I don't know the cause. So it's supposed to be something with the rail. Something with the rail. Did it split? Was gauged out. All right, well, speculation is it gauged out. I'm sure if you go on Facebook and kick around, you might be able to find the answer. You try, no you, you know, you can come out. You, you know, uh, well, as far as Hebrew Valley is concerned, about it, did Trains Magazine not give a reason? Fell out of gauge. Well, then maybe. maybe. Yeah. Talking about the big boy. Yeah. Well, it's a big, heavy behemoth that probably split any rail for stop. Probably. Right. Hey, Skip, Skip, have you seen the rail accident video for the Heber Valley? Yes. Um, It's it's all over the place. I think the last time I saw there was 20,000, 30,000 views of this thing. It's. It's pretty awesome, barreling out of the station, and then bam, it it, it hits the the ground and and rolls in. So, do you do you have an address where people can go see that video? You know what, I don't, but I I have witnessed, I have seen that video out there. That is quite the video. You know, if if you all, all eight hundred feet of NRHS Heber Valley uh, trip or train wreck, I'm sure it'll come up. It's not hard to find. It's everywhere. You know. So anyway, so Heber Valley, that was, that was an old that trip, so pretty much we're on our own. But then later on that evening, we went to the big banquet in uh, Ogden. Did you attend the banquet that shared the UP, SP, Historical Society, RLHS, and the NRHS? I, you know what? I did not. No, we went. Oh. We went and prepped for the night. Uh, we we went. We uh, we went around and tried to find a rental car so we can go chase him the next day. And did you chase Big Boy the next day on Sunday? Yes, yes we did. We we uh, went to mass uh, on Saturday night, and then Sunday we were out chasing uh, the Big Boy and made sure that we got uh, got caught up. Uh, we we found a nice spot up in Weber Canyon where we were overlooking the the curve. I I can't remember the name of the city now. It's gonna escape me. Might be might be eons. Uh, anyways, the train spent some time Alfred. there. Alfred. Yeah. Echo. 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 Alfred. Echo. That's what it was. Echo. Echo. Right. Yeah. So at Echo, the train spent some time there. We didn't. We didn't have the right spot exactly. We needed to walk up a little bit further, but we did find a good spot for taking a picture just as the train came right around the corner. Gavin, yeah, the point is you got to see it. There were so many people out. Did, did you get to do any pacing, or you just grabbed a couple of run-by shots? Uh, we, we just got the run-by shots, unfortunately. We well, were hoping to get know, into that that tunnel up there that that looked like a that was a fun shot for you. Right. Well, I caught it at the Taggart tunnels, along with 300 plus people that were uh, shooting that. And then I also got to do some pacing, and I posted my pacing video on on Facebook, and a lot of people were unhappy with me. They thought I was hogging the line, which I wasn't the only one out front. So, but. It was a fun experience either way. 
You know, so is that a real crane I have out to say there? Is here is the yeah, I, I, I wondered about that. I was like, that's got to be the, the horns because I don't see, I don't hear any trains at the moment. And that, and they're playing with the whistle too much. Right. Well, the, the, the horn demonstration has been a popular event here at uh, 25 Saginaw. People love blowing that horn. <laughs> Who so, doesn't, uh, who doesn't so like after, a horn? after you caught Big Boy at Echo, did you catch it any, any more times that day? You know what? So we went out to, and I'm going to forget the name of that town out there in Wyoming. Uh, we made it out there Evanston. to, we had a, Evanston, had a drink at the bar there, and uh, had a good good time. And then we took some photos that we also went on their turntable, which is an a working turntable that they have. Your next. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, they're, I guess they're redoing their train shed, and they're going to restore it all. And they need to right. drop the money so, for it. Yeah, Evanston had a, a museum, and they have a roundhouse with an operating turntable. I heard a lot of people took rides on that turntable. You took a ride on the turntable? Ah uh, yeah, yeah we had a we had a blast. We were in a, went around the turntable once. That was pretty fun. Cool. Did you go into the experience the Union Pacific exhibit car on the train there? Uh we yes we did do that. I'm quite forgotten about that, but yes we did do that. That was uh, they had quite the knowledge of the historical past, and then it was talking about. And my brother and I were wondering, because we, we didn't remember exactly when. Uh, it was talking about the how UP bought up these seven other railroads. And my thought to myself was, well, when did the CP become the SP? And I didn't know that answer. But I'd imagine, Skip, you thought about that question too, right? You know, I have thought about it. I've slept since then, so I don't have the answer. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. You know, well, well we—I think we looked it up at one point, worked, but I don't remember when it was. Right. The the the, the way the railroads work, the CP probably lasted a long time, uh, even though the SP was the parent organization. Uh, and you know what's embarrassing is I'm a member of the Southern Pacific Historical Society, and I don't have the quick answer as to when the CMP either officially became the SP or officially became the UP. But um, That's all right. So after Evanston, and you, you looked at the, the museum there, and you rode the turntable, did what? You came home after that, or, was that, or did you do anything else? Uh, so No, we, we went back to Salt Lake City to return our rental car. And then we got we got the next day we got up and we rode all uh, just just about all of the uh, UTA train train lines light rail system we we yeah the light rail including their streetcar their modern streetcar system cool well that's great did mm-hmm. you use the pass that you got from the NRHS to do that. Oh yeah. Or did you have absolutely. to buy another pass? Cool. Uh, Good. That was one of the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, John. Well that's a fantastic report. Is there anything else you want to share with us on the uh Let's Talk Train Show? You know what? I always have a great time here at twenty four hours at Saginaw. I don't make it every year, but it's still a blast. 
What's your What's your favorite part at the twenty four hour second? All that you're talking about. Oh, you know the slide auction. Definitely my favorite part. Last, two years slide ago, auction. I dropped. Uh huh. Yeah, I dropped you know, forty bucks at the slide auction. Like, right. Years ago. You know, um, it's on the schedule uh, per interest. The main guy, the main two people that usually bring the slides have not checked in, so we might not do that. But that that is a fun experience. Absolutely. Oh, all right. All right, John, I'm going to let you go. i got uh, Sam and James here. We're going to find out what they're getting ready to do. Uh, they got a program coming up about the Grapevine uh, Historical Railroad Society thing. I'm not sure. They're going to tell us. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Well, so, one last thing, Skip, before you go is that the uh, okay. that we want everyone to come out and ride Texrail, which is our brand-new train from DFW Terminal B to downtown Fort Worth. It's a beautiful train, absolutely gorgeous, oh, and okay. I'm sure that you're oh. going to talk about it in our up in that uh, upcoming talk about the local convention for NRHS. Right. Well, you know, the NRHS is going to have their uh, board conference uh, meeting um, in uh, November, and we're going to ride that train and the whole system in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, yeah, we'll be talking about it. Hey, listen, uh, Bob here has just found the answer. When did C&P become either SP or UP? What's the answer, Bob? April 1, 1885, it was absorbed into the Southern Pacific Lines. April 1st, 1885, it was absorbed into the Southern Pacific Lines as a leased. Hmm. Property. How about that? There we go. And, and that's no April. April and that's no April Fools. Right. <laughs> and we got a train going by. All right. That sounds like a good time to close it out, huh, John? Yes, go catch sir. that train. All, All right. right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, John. All right. Sounds good, Skip. Bye. All right. Bye. And that was John. He's a member of the National Railroad Historical Society, North Texas chapter. And we're going to talk to you when the train goes by. We'll, we'll, uh, we're going to hear from uh, Sam and James. So why don't you pull your chair up over here. And you're going to have to talk loud. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, be careful. Sam, Sam, Sam's a klutz. I am not. That's actually this is normal for Sam. Hey, if I'm a then you're a foamer. I'm a foamer. I sure am a foamer, major foamer. Okay, so uh, right before me here at the uh, 24-hour Saginaw, uh, live and in person, we have <coughs> Sam Meg- Medzger and James Delone. Delande. Delande, and these two gentlemen are going to be putting on a presentation about Grapevine Railroad History Museum and Historic Conductor Project. I have no idea what this is about. I think it's going to be the first that we've heard of it. Might as well give them a chance to talk about it now and let's talk trains. And uh, if any of y'all have interest, I'm sure they're going to tell us how to get a hold of hold of them, whatnot. Welcome, Sam. Welcome, James. You're live on Let's Talk Trains. Just speak loud. Who wants to go first and tell me about uh, – okay, Sam, tell us what you want to talk about first. Well, howdy, folks. It's good to be back here in Saginaw, Texas again at the 24-hour event. This is my third year attending, and I look forward to coming tomorrow in the future. So 
basically what me and James are doing is we are starting a rare history museum in the city of Grapevine, hopefully. Now, Grapevine has a museum to do with history, but has more so to do with the city. There's not much about the railroad. What they need is a train museum to go with the vintage railroad they have already operating. The plan is to take an old building called the Section Foreman House just down the platform from <clears throat> the Cottondale Depot and turn that into a museum. It's a small space, but we can make do. The museum will talk about the Cottondale, Fourth and Western, Tarantula, and Grapevine Vintage Railroad. If you're wondering why we're not putting Tesserill in, well, wait about 20 years. When it makes history, then we'll put one in. The second job we're going to do is historic conductoring. Basically, we're going to be on the Grapevine Railroad on the weekends, walking around, and telling people history about the railroad itself, all the equipment. We're going to dress up in Pullman-style St. Louis Southwestern or Cottonville outfits. They already have a sheriff on there. They have a saloon girl on there, and they go around the train telling people fun facts. They're hilarious. I love them. It's one of those things to where it doesn't matter if you're young or old, you will love it and you will laugh. That's the second job, and we'll be doing that a couple of times a month. And now my friend James will tell you a bit more about it. I think I've spoken enough. Go ahead, James. All right. Well, well hold on. Before we bring James on, i got a couple questions about what you just said. All right. So uh, the, the section foreman house is going to become your museum. And then this historic conductoring. It's not about conductors. It's about conductoring. Did I hear that right? I made up that word, I guess you could say. Oh, oh it's about historic conductors. Okay. And you're actually going to ride the uh, Grapevine Vintage Railway to tell the story? Is that what I heard? We're going to be basically walking from car to car, talking about different cars and locomotives in the Cotton Belt. We'll talk about 2199, 2248, the open-air cars, and the um, regular passenger cars. Give some history on that. We've also got some humor mixed in, so it's kind of a bit of a show and um, a history lesson at the same time. That's one of the many ideas we have for the railroad. We will also be doing stuff with the day out with Thomas as well. Wow, that sounds like a full plate of, of stuff here. All right, uh, Mr. James, what do you have to contribute to this uh, project? All righty, so props to Sam over here because he was the one who originally had the idea for – the historic conductor bit. He told it to me after we had met at a train show, and I thought it was just about the best thing, you know, in the world, and I was thinking about calling up the uh, Grapevine Vintage Railroad and telling them about it. Well, the whole thing, how it really started, we tried contacting them first, but um, we ran into a few little roadblocks, uh, main one being uh, with the, I guess you could call it their equivalency of the HR department, and when we were going on that, um, they kind of left us hanging for a bit. And then around near last year, we heard some absolutely horrifying news from the crew, just the crew, not the higher-ups, and also from the people down at the Fort Worth Stockyards. And that was the railroad was going away because of Texrail. But to, to quote P.W., really nice guy, really amazing president of a railroad, we got the wrong information from the right people. Well, that's good to hear. What's the right information? Well, everyone had been singing the same old bluesy tune of the railroad's going away because of text rail. Text rail this, text rail that. That couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, but we didn't know at the time, and we tried to simply orchestrate a bluegrass movement to uh, save the railroad and Puffy. Because at the time, she uh, she's still um, being rebuilt as we speak. Um, but then, when we had handed out flyers at a local train show down in Plano, um, the 
superintendent, Miss Iona, went and gave us a call and told us to retract all those flyers, <laughs> even though we used our words in them. Basically, a mistake got us on the right path. <laughs> yeah, wrong turn at the right place, really. <laughs> well, that that can happen. So, so what's the good news now? So we ended up getting a meeting with PW, and he cleared everything up and told us none of that was happening and that, in fact, Puffy would soon be back in service and all that, which was great to hear, and that the railroad wasn't going away, just going through some changes as most railroads nowadays go through. And luckily, the railroad has been successfully operating since TexRail's opening. All right, so it sounds like you're talking about the Great Bondages Railway. How does this tie into your historic conductor? project or your museum. All righty. So the way that this ties in, simply put, the line that the Grapevine Vintage Railroad runs on was originally built by the Cotton Belt and then taken over by the Fort Worth and Western later on. And we found something that was very startling and that absolutely, you know, wrenched us, and that was that there was very little information. We went to the Ice House, which is a local museum there, but it only had information on the town, not about the railroad. Which so is we, good and all. Yeah, it's good and all, but we wanted something for the railroad. And we went and did a couple of surveys and found that most people didn't even really know a lot about the railroad itself. Other than that, it went to Fort Worth, and that it was a tourist attraction, and not the amazing history behind not only the rolling stock, but the locomotives themselves. And so we set out on a perilous journey to gather information. I pulled three all-nighters for this, and we have gathered so much information that we just don't know what to do with it. So we decided let's put it all in a museum and do all that. Well, that. That sounds pretty exciting. Um, do you have a timeline when this is all going to come together or when this might start to uh, become a, a reality and, and we can visit and learn this history? Hopefully it will be in the near future. How near, we cannot say. We're only really going on the advertise for all you train buffs who know what that means. But we'll just say this for now. We're waiting to hear back from PW, and hopefully we'll be getting the go-ahead. Now, we cannot guarantee necessarily that the museum per se will open, but if the museum is not a go-ahead, we will publish all the information that we have gathered on forum sites and all sorts of stuff, and we'll be able to possibly donate some of what we've gathered information-wise so that more people can learn about the amazing history of the Grapevine Vintage Railroad and the other railroads that came and went before it. Okay, when you say publish, uh, a book, on a website, a newsletter, or what? All those venues? Most likely, yes. In fact, I'm still writing a book. It's on the Transcontinental Railroad. Not necessarily the railroad itself, but the locomotives. Um, little plug here. I've got about 15 engines so far um, categorized down, about two, uh, two uh, Central Pacifics. The rest are all the Union Pacific engines. It's been an absolute nightmare trying to get all the information for that alone. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds fantastic. Sam, you said you wanted to contribute more on this project here. Now, first of all, let me tell all of you about the first day of operations for Grapevine, and I'll make it quick, because there's a lot of scrutiny about, oh, tax rail slowed down the train to the stockyards. No, that was not the case. <clears throat> when tax rail came in, Grapevine had to make a few changes to its schedule. Instead of leaving at 1 o'clock, the train now leaves at 1.15. And we made perfect timing with tax rail. We didn't have to wait on them, except maybe one time. Although what happened was we got past Hodge Yard for the 4th and Western, and of all things, there was a Union Pacific freight train sitting on the tracks ahead of us. 
Apparently, the train crew had run out of time. They had to leave the train, and a relief crew was supposed to come to them. Unfortunately, we sat there for an hour, and we had to go back to Grapevine. So don't blame TaxRail. Blame Union Pacific for that, because I've gotten good reviews on it. Uh, people say it works fine with TaxRail. No problem whatsoever. And also, I want to say this about the museum. It's been kind of a dream of mine since I was a kid to work for the road or do something with the road, and the museum has been high on the list. So I'm really hoping that this becomes a full-time job. I wouldn't mind working for that museum for the rest of my life because I just love it, sharing history and knowledge about trains. That's what this hobby is about, is having fun and sharing with people. But for those of you who count ribbits, don't run it for the rest of us. Uh, and for anyone who's listening who works for the Great Pacific Railroad, take note. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got a mixed mixed story here. We get a report on the Grapevine Midgets Railway and their operation, and we have your report of your enthusiasm and uh, big dreams and plans for this museum. So uh, you definitely have the enthusiasm, both of you, and you look like you're doing a lot of the research. So we look forward to hearing about your uh, projects here. You're going to be on at 5 o'clock. Again, if anybody's listening, come on down, 5 o'clock, 25 Saginaw where Sam and James are going to talk about um, the Grapevine Railroad History Museum, right, and the Historic Conductor Project. You're forgetting one thing. Oh, what did I forget? We are also showing a VHS called Tranchilla Express. Now, this was a gift from the superintendent, Iona Robbins. Iona, if you're listening, thank you very much. I love it. It's a bit out of date, but I don't care. I have a ton of videotapes at home from the 90s I still watch, so... This is one of two programs, to my knowledge, that was made entirely about the road itself. One is called Texas Steam Treasure. That was made by Raleigh Productions by Les Jarrett. That is on YouTube. You can find it there. Tarantula Express was made exclusively by the Fourth and Western and Tarantula for the railway itself. They used to sell them in the stockyards all the time, but they don't make them or sell them anymore. And if you're lucky, we might actually put this on YouTube ourselves. In fact, James has recorded the song. And the opening sequence, it's on YouTube, but I might give him the tape and then put the full program up for those of you who have not seen it to enjoy. All right. A little clarification on what Sam's talking about. The title of his program is the Tarantula Express. When the Fort Worth and Western originally rehabbed 2248, a 10-wheeler, which they got from the Texas State Railroad, to run uh, originally from the stockyards down to 8th Street Yard um, and back, and then the city of Grapevine, took over the train and renamed it the Grapevine Ventures Railway. But it used to be called the Tarantula, and, and they nicknamed the engine Puffy. When did that happen? In Grapevine? or? Okay, here we go. What's, what about Puffy? So basically, um, I don't know the exact year, but I know it did happen in Grapevine. They, and this is coming from the sales manager of the road. I will not give out this person's name. But basically, they had a contest for the public to – put names in a hat, and they would draw them, and they would choose whichever one they thought would fit best, and Puffy won. And I think that's a good name for a steam locomotive. It yeah. suits her just fine. From a tr from a Thomas the Tank Engine point of view, it does suit fine. But from a historic Southern Pacific 10-wheeler, uh, I don't know. What do you got, James? Well, for all those who don't like the childish-sounding name of Puffy, you can call her by her formal name, which is, um, if I remember correctly, it's... Uh, it's William S. Davis. He's right. the man who actually saved the locomotive. That's correct. And his name, William S. Davis, used to be written on the cab. It still is. Actually. It still is. In fact, actually, 
I was going to say, just for some clarification facts, um, she didn't actually receive the side plate that says William S. Davids until later after 2002. She remained in her tarantula scheme, which is the black and maroon that most people like to picture her in. But after 2003, the front of the locomotive was completely redone, and she was painted up in Russian blue. That's when she gained the um, William S. Davids nameplate on her side. Well, I love the Russian blue paint scheme. I think it looks good. Uh, you, you're going to talk about the history of the locomotive when it was a fire engine uh, for the SP, and and it also served for Disney for a little while. And, well, it and served for Disney. Uh, uh, was it a movie, maybe? Or? No, it was. Well, basically, um, two people met to talk about building a rally park for Disney in California, and Puppy was going to open the park, but that did not happen. Disneyland did open, but without 2248. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't I didn't know that history. I'm glad we were going to talk about it. Okay, gentlemen, uh, uh, thank you very much. That's fantastic information. We're going to listen to your program. Uh, oh, what else you got? Also, at 3 o'clock, me and James are hosting the Great Locomotive Race Game. This is my second year to do that. It'll be my last year to do that. Um, to do that. I am passing the spike to somebody else, so to speak. So come on down and play the game. Let's see how much you know about trains. There are over 180 questions on here. Some are easy, some are hard, they're all random. 90% are real American trains, there's a few international questions and a few mile train questions close to the end. But let's see how much you know about the railroad. He's talking about the great locomotive race trivia game. Now, one thing about about uh, Sam, we've learned from the history, you got to answer some questions fast, because if, you, if you're slow, he's going to give you the answer. <laughs> so we don't want you to do that this year. Yeah, don't don't give out the answer, no matter what. You want people to figure it out. Well, I know. My good friend James here might do it next year. All right. Well, he's, he's going to be Vanna White and, and move the trains along the track. Is that right, James? All right. Well, it'll be James White for this one. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. We look forward to your uh, presentation at uh, 5 o'clock. All right. Ask your question. Yeah. What time is it? It's time to watch some trains. <laughs> Thank you, folks. Uh, Come on down to Saginaw. We'll see you there. Are you in church? All right. That's it. Yeah. What's going on? Got a, got a patron here asking a question live. Go ahead, sir. Well, I've got a couple of DVDs. If you want, if you want me to come by and text Alright. Well, um, you have it with you now or something for next year? I'll, I'll talk about it for next year. All right. Well, you, you, you got my email address or talk to me on the Facebook page or... Uh, I, no, you, I don't have if it. If you can get me on the real spot Okay, it's uh, the 24-hour, uh, yeah, yes. we have a 24 hours, you go to Facebook slash 20, 24 hours at Saginaw, and you can keep up with all our activities, so, but I'm going to give you my personal uh, sure, sure. email address here. I have Sanity Odyssey myself. I've got all right, them. all right, so send me an email about next year and what videos you have. I've got also, I also got an old DVD called Texas Steam Six Pack. It features, it features 4449 coming by in the 80s. Right. The, the rest of the finished Nigel run of Texas, Austin, Texas Steam Train. Okay. Texas State Road and 2248 on the Tarantula. All right. Have you been to 24 Hours Saginaw before? This is my first time. Oh, well, welcome. We're glad you're here. Did you check in and, and oh, I, yeah, I check in. All right. 
Well, that's another excited person here at Teddy 24 Hours Saginaw. We only have about 20 minutes left of our show. We're, we're going to go. Oh, Sam, Sam wants to contribute some more. Here we go. Sam, go ahead. Folks, I wasn't supposed to really say anything about the first day of operations or blame Ian Pacific, so please take that off the record. James just told me not to. He told me that's not over the phone. Okay, okay. All right. That's okay, Sam. You don't have to apologize. Uh, what he's saying is anything about the Great Adventures Railway, you didn't hear that here. Okay, very good. All right. So we're going to go outside and get a few live interviews, and then we're going to close out our show. Welcome. Let's go get a train count. So it might get a little windy out here as we go see what's going on outside here at 25 and Saginaw. And we're wrapping up our show here. And what is our next presentation? Okay, good deal. All right, look forward to helping us out next year. All right. So Melinda West from Shreveport, oh, yes, they did. We'll be starting up here at 2 o'clock at the end of our radio program if you if you happen to be listening live and you want to come visit us. Uh, hey, Tom, what's the latest train count here at 24 hours in Saginaw? Nothing. Nothing. We've had nothing since the last. We had 42 trains about 30 minutes ago. We did have 42 trains 30 minutes ago, and... Now, we are up to 44. 44. 44 trains. Yes, sir. Blue bonnet. Blue bonnet? What are you talking about, blue bonnet? Blue bonnet on the, this train here. Oh, yeah. there is. What, 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 explain, explain blue bonnet. What's, what's blue bonnet mean? First of all, first of all, say your name. Where are you from? Josh Denton. Josh from Denton. He's uh, one of the attendees here at 24 Hours Saginaw. He's trying to explain something about a blue bonnet. Go ahead. Those Santa Fe units that are oh, yellow and blue. I got you. Guys. We got some old freight Santa Fe units known as the blue bonnet. I should have got that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, you. yeah, are you live with your program? Yes, we are inside. Okay, I've been I've been telling people about it. We are inside right now doing the presentation. Uh, that's what we're gonna do for the rest of the day. The fear's been heating up out here. Okay, but you were live. Yeah, we're still live, uh, but we do have a troubleshooting issue, so I understand. I moved everything. Well, we got the rail stream cam over here, and I've been telling about your cam. Yeah, we got, a, we got the inside because it's a little too hot outside. I understand. It's, get, it's getting a little toasty out here. Yeah, it is. It's getting toasty out. What is this? Uh, oh, these melted, huh? All right. Some chocolate candy. Let me let that out on the rail. They melted. Let's see what else we got going on here. So we have a train that is parked on the interlocker. And it's just uh, sitting, sitting uh, out here. It's not moving, but it's one of the train counts. Let's see if we can wave at this uh, RailStream camera. So, RailStream.net. I'm going to go out and get on the camera and mug. If you're watching, you're going to see me on the camera. Live on Let's Talk Trains, live on the RailStream. Uh-oh, I'm crossing the line to get out here. Hey! Hey, we're on RailStream, RailCam. Hey, we're live on Let's Talk Trains. We're live on RailStream.net, Saginaw Cam. You can go to RailStream.net, click on Live Cameras, click down at the bottom of the stream of the week, and you'll be live on RailStream.net, RailCam. I'm, I'm live on RailStream, Tom. All right, I'm breaking the rules. All right, all right. I, I got reprimanded. 
I got reprimanded. We have a safety line out here that we post that we don't want people to get close to the tracks. It's one of the reasons why we have a successful event. We've had zero incidents. And, uh, okay. Give it to Bob. Give it to Bob. Hey, Ken. Help, help me close out this show here. I'm live here with Ken Fitzgerald. Ken, we've been hearing your horns all day. You were supposed to be uh, 9 to or 10, 10 to, to 11. 11. It seems like you went all the way to, to 130. Well, I had too many uh, guest, uh, guest orchestra leaders that wanted to blow their own tune. Right. And did, it's hard to say no. Did you, did you have any uh, guests bring their own horn with them? We had one. We had one guest horn, okay. a Leslie S2, and it sounded good. It sounded good. Yeah. Well, we heard the, we heard the back and forth, and uh, in the depot, we, we were always asking, is that, that live or is that Ken? Which one? Yeah, yeah. which one is it? Yep. Because it sounded, sounded genuine. Ken, thanks again. Now you're, again, you're the number one requested event out here, and we really appreciate your time uh, in bringing this exhibit out to the show. It's a wonderful event, and I'm just glad to contribute a small part to it. Okay. It's mainly on account of your efforts. All right, well, thank you. I'm humbled, but I'm humbled by you. Without you and your exhibition and everybody else's, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. It's a community effort. Yep, what it is. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Ken. Take care. All right. That was Ken Fitch, Fitzgerald. He does the horn demonstration. And I already talked about you earlier. I told him how you're an official photographer for UP, BNSF, Fort Worth and Western. And you get around. Any, what, what's, what's been your latest project? Uh, latest project was uh, environmental work while, while you were out chasing the steam engine in Utah. I was in Kansas City and Chicago photographing ditches and other environmental aspects for BNSF. See, I told you, he documents the railroad. What was that uh, New Mexico uh, line that was built that you documented? The uh, the double tracking of New Mexico, which right. is complete now. It's complete now. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, Ken, again. Appreciate you very much. Uh, Ken Fitzgerald, that's the that's the official official line. How much time we got left for our show? Uh, Thank you. still got 15 minutes. Yes, sir. All right. So we got people here. We're going to say hello to these fine folks. Hey, guys. Can we come say hello? Oh, these are the stars of the show. Hey, say your name, where you're from again. Jim Chenier from Louisville, Texas. And uh, this is the producer of uh, Rail Fans Chasing Trains documentary. That's right. Is that program still available? Um, just for giveaways. Giveaways? Yeah. We got giveaways. Well, I know y'all gave us a bunch of T-shirts, which we really appreciate. And we got movies, too? See, I didn't look in the in the grab bag. Oh, I, uh, anything you want. Yeah, Dana, Dana brought it. Hey, Dana, welcome to to Let's Talk Train. Hey, what's up? It's Gib. All right. Hey, Dana's so fun. Uh, say hello to Bob, Casey. Listen to the show. Hey, Bob. I miss you yeah. so much. All right. So, so Bob's one of our hosts at Let's Talk Trains, and you got your dog here. What's her name again? Her name is Abby. Abby, hey Abby. <laughs> and who are these fun kids you got We're with you? The, the next generation of rail fans. That's we are. We got to start them young. So this is her brother, my son. Gotcha, gotcha. Very good. All right. Yeah. Welcome to Twenty Four Hours at Saginaw. I'm Jocelyn. You Jocelyn. What's your name? Jasmine. Jasmine. Jocelyn. Jasmine. All right. Okay, well, thanks for being. I love your little pup tent. You guys screaming. Yeah, yeah, and they they were uh, they were complaining about the mosquitoes last night. But if you were in this outfit, you're you're okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the little kids were out here complaining. All right, I gotta go finish out the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the door prizes. No, we are I, for the for well for the trivia game. We're gonna give away a lot of that stuff. So. All right. Thank you. Nice to meet you, ladies. Okay. Bye bye. So that's that's the fun um, rail fan chasing trains crew. If you remember that video, we showcased it out here at 24 Hour Saginaw about five years ago. Uh, Chris Gensler was a part of that production, uh, or the second edition of that production. Uh, if you want to go look at it, I'm not sure if it's um, available on YouTube, but it's uh, it's available out there to watch. Rail fans. Chasing trains. It's uh, it's the rail fan side. Hey guys, we're live on Let's Talk Trains. Are y'all having fun here at 24 Hours Saginaw? Okay, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Owen West, uh, Minden, Louisiana. Owen West, Minden, and who are you? I don't know. Robinson, Arlington, Texas. All right, these two are fine young, young rail fans. They've been out here quite often, and uh, are y'all having fun watching trains? Oh uh, yes, we are. I shot my foot. You shot your foot with what? A cap gun. They have a cap gun out here. All right. Well, don't don't flash that around. You know, people mis mistake guns all the time, and we don't want any trouble. I'd rather you shoot your camera. What's your favorite shot so far? Mm, train going that way. Right really, the Paramex train when they when they met. A good meet. All right. There we have it. From hey guys, y'all know what time it is? Time to watch some trains. All right, time to watch some trains. Ain't no. All right. We, you got to have young rail fans to bring up the hobby, and uh, that's what we got here. All right, so so that train that's been hogging up the diamond is moving on. So maybe we get some more traffic uh, rolling here pretty soon. So got a few more minutes left on our program. Hey guys, I, I, I'm live on Let's Talk Trains. I'm just coming out to say hello. Howard, are we having a good time out here? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, now we're on a radio program. You can't say hell yeah. Or, well, we are. We are. Okay. Mike, how's it going with yourself at 24 Hours Saginaw? Doing real good. Doing real good, man. All right, Mike, the original Mike uh, Murray uh, of Ralph Spot Fame's out here. We're glad to have him. So that that gentleman looks like he fell asleep over there. Yeah, he, uh, he was up all night last yeah. night. All right. I wouldn't. All right. No, he's not. I hope not. No, he he woke up. So how many trains have y'all seen this morning? Today? In the 40s. 40. That's right. The official train count, I think, said 44, 43, 44. I'm not sure. I don't know where he is. He was there. Uh, he's over by the depot. Oh, okay. All right. So I think... I think my show's about to end if it hasn't already ended. I better go. All right, we'll see you, gentlemen. Hey, do you know what time it is? No, I'm, I don't have my watch. You know, do you know what time? Time to watch trains. Yeah, Mike got the right answer. We'll see you. Okay, so guys, we're about to close out the show. Uh, it's still a beautiful day here in Saginaw. We do have light clouds, uh, small breeze, so the uh, 80 degree weather is very tolerable with the breeze and uh coming up next if you're here is melinda west hey is melinda around she's up there already okay so we're gonna go see melinda west 
with Oh Yes She Did program. And uh, that's at 2 o'clock, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Let's Talk Trains for this uh, annual program. This is the program where I started on Let's Talk Trains. Uh, oh, golly, good 10 years or more. Oh, well, I didn't do the first 24 hours second. I was probably the fifth or sixth. I started doing the show. So about probably 10 years. 24 second. You can go back in the uh, the the log of shows and listen to all the 24 hours second. Also, you want to hear what's going on. So, again, thank you for listening to Let's Talk Trains. Uh, we hope to bring you some more shows at some point in the future. And, uh, of course, you heard Chris Gizzo will do the NRHS wrap-up show and uh, hopefully do more Let's Talk Train shows as we go. All right, we have some more more people joining us for 24 Hours Saginaw. Welcome. Hey, Skip Waters, what's your, what's your name? Where are you from? Hold on. Chris Brown, Godly. Okay, Godly, Texas. All right, welcome to, to 24 Hours Saginaw. We're getting ready to have an interesting program for women. It's called Oh Yes She Did about women in railroading uh, coming up next at 2 o'clock. Thanks for being here. Okay, guys. Uh, so, Bob, uh, what's our latest check-in count for attendees? Ninety-two. We usually get about a hundred people in here, so we got ninety-two that has signed in. And uh, oh, I got somebody's been holding for a long time. Let's bring him on the air. Hey, Eric Co. Five One Two. I'm sorry you had to hold so long. Do you have something to share? Who are you? Where are you from? Hey, Eric Five One Two. This is Charles Ford. Hey. Hey, Charles. Yep. Yeah, this is Charles mm-hmm. Ford. I had hit the road. But I thank you for I thank you again for the print and the great time oh, I welcome? had at, at 24 hours of Saginaw. Okay, you were here. Let me talk about we showed them the big boy print. Yeah. What, what's your you favorite part of your experience? I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to over talk you. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say. What's your favorite much. part of 24 hours Saginaw? Go ahead. It's time to watch some trains. Yes, it's time to watch some trains. You're absolutely right. Well, I'm sorry I had to keep you on hold so long. I was outside doing outside interviews. I had no idea somebody was holding online. I, I heard. So, I got to uh, listen to the program while you were doing that. So. Oh, oh, good. But that's good. I also, I also appreciated. Uh, I also appreciated the uh, videos and pictures you brought back from uh, your 4014 experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Right? That was fun. Oh, Last night I showed the big boy pacing video and, 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 and all the wonderful, lovely comments I got after I posted it. Uh, Hopefully you'll get over being trolled soon. Right. I think it's finally over with now. But uh, at the time it happened, everybody was still, you know, living that day and, and you know, Frustrated they didn't get the shots that they they didn't get, but I got the shots I got. I'm happy with my shots. They were fun. You got it. <laughs> so, all right, Charles. Anything else you want to share with us about your experience at 24 Hours in Saginaw? It was awesome. 
Awesome. Good. Well, that's a great word. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll look forward to seeing you again next year. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care. All right. That was Charles. He uh, was with us last night and earlier today. And Charles uh, uh, bought a big boy print. I got some big boy prints for sale. Uh, big boy 4018, not 4014. Big Boy 4018 is preserved in uh, Frisco, Texas at the Museum of the American Railroad. And in 2000, when it was at the H. Steen Railroad Museum at Fair Park, it was, uh, how'd your show go? Good? I heard it. Uh, that was Willie Menendez. He he showed uh, Santa Fe in the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Big Boy print. So they were going to make a movie out of it. We got all excited. I had John Winfield uh, do a painting, commission a painting, and made some prints. And we would sell the prints back when 4014 was popular. But now 4014 is the one that got restored, so everybody's excited about 4014. But I still got all these leftover prints. So I brought them up here at 24 Second. We have several people that uh, are uh, enjoying purchasing the prints. I got them on sale for 20 bucks. Uh, so, okay, guys, it's uh, less than uh, four minutes on the show. I think I'm going to go ahead and bring it to the close. Thank you very much for listening. If you got this far, uh, we will hopefully come back next year for 24 Hours Saginaw. Again, it's Memorial Day weekend, Friday and Saturday, 7 to 7 p.m. That's 7 p.m., 24 hours to 7 p.m. And uh, you're welcome to come visit us uh Saginaw. You're welcome to come to the Saginaw Depot anytime to watch trains. They have a nice parking lot. They just pull up in. People love to come here and eat their lunch or stop in when they, they know Amtrak's coming through and uh, grab some shots. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice location. It's a wonderful location here in Saginaw, Texas. Saginaw is just north of Fort Worth. It's uh, You might want to call it a suburb of Fort Worth. Just a little town north of, of Fort Worth off of 820. Can't miss. If you're on 820, you'll see Saginaw Main Street. That's the road you get on. Go north. Depot's on the right. Again, you can't miss it. You'll see the big grain silos. You'll see the railroad track. There's uh, North Yard is also in Saginaw or Fort Worth. In Fort Worth, right before you get to Saginaw. Well, the room's getting loud. It's getting busy. I'm going to sign off. Skip Waters. Let's talk trains. Saying goodbye. Until next time. What time? Is it? It's time to watch the trains. So long.